The Frozen North, episode 68, our top five console launch titles. Welcome to episode number 68 of the Frozen North Gaming Podcast. My name is JJ and I'm here with my two friends, Mark. Howdy, y'all! My name is Mark, as you just heard, and I'm excited to be back on the podcast. That was that was impressive. That was Damn. a good, guttural, just rocket I fire. Like, put my whole body into it. Did you see? That was good. I did. You you were, you were leaned into the mic. That's right. It was impressive. Uh, solid. Welcome back, sir. Thank you. And Brian. Hey, hey, hey. Brian here. That's all I got. Okay. All right. Good talk. Thank you, Mark. Uh, so first of all, before we talk about what we've been playing, Brian, I need to know: Did you listen to the last episode? I did. Did you listen to it in, in I its entirety? Did not listen to it in its entirety. <laughs> yeah, I listened yeah, to about no. Hold jerk. on. Oh, I listened to about eighty percent of it. Um, I did hear that you predicted I was going to be eating General Sows while I was listening, <laughs> but I actually watched. I actually listened to it at work. You wanted to be eating General Sozo. Of course I did. In yeah, my so. mind, I was. <laughs> okay, well, that's all that matters. It's a thought that counts, See? right? That's right. What about the uh, the top five list? You gonna, you gonna work on that? Yeah. You're not at all. It's all you? gone you out of my mind, though. I was going to say which one I was thinking about, and it's just gone. Uh, you were thinking about the next Batman game. Yeah. that's. Yep. I think that'll be a great one <clears> to start with. So, so you didn't listen to the whole episode? I skipped a little bit right after you said what you so had played because recently. because of that... Brian and I have a couple of intervention letters we'd like to read you. That's mm-hmm. fine. Uh, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> you already... Last episode... I knew already, Brian didn't have one. La- <laughs> last, last episode, you, we already determined that you agree with everything I always no, I, say. I heard that, yes. Yeah. Every time I so, did disagree with you. Right. That was implicit agreement. Good, so good. I'm glad we were all on the same page last episode. I you guess played. 108 characters is too much. You mean 108 Pokemon? Wow. <laughs> I can't believe you. Just you heard it that. here first, folks. <laughs> I mean, Man. I didn't think it was, but then apparently last week I agreed that it you was. Did. But but it was only your silence. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Well, what have you guys been playing lately? I've been playing roulette. <laughs> you went to Vegas, and uh, I've played a lot of craps as well. Video games? Any video games? Uh, I, yes, I played not... video roulette and video. Poker. I did. I did play a little bit of the video roulette. <laughs> you dork. <laughs> Hey, <laughs> video roulette. Yeah, go ahead and defend bet, that. You can yeah. bet pennies uh-huh. on it, dude. Yeah. <laughs> it was amazing. What was, uh, your, what was your character's I didn't, journey? I didn't play a lot of video games uh, because I'm Mark. And, but I, I did. Say, I did. Be, I did pick up Rare Replay. There you go. And I realized that I never got nearly as far in Battletoads as I thought I did. That's my that's god. Game. They made yeah. it easier though. If I didn't have that rewind button, yeah. Oh yeah, they so didn't ridiculous. have back then. I wouldn't have. Gotten even as far as I did as a kid. Mm-hmm. Ugh. Unbelievable. I don't. I don't know how people beat that game. Uh, I, don't I don't think, think a lot of people I, did. I don't think, yeah. <laughs> I, I I saw a news article that was talking about how uh, they had this tournament a while ago. Oh, did you just hear my Jersey accent come back? Tournament, right? Tournament. Yeah, I liked it. Yeah, it's how I talk now. Hey, it's how I used to talk when <laughs> I was a kid and I lived back east. Hey, all right. Uh, <laughs> but no, I, they had a, a tournament where the winner would get a custom 
NES, uh, like decked out with battle toads all yeah. over it and stuff. And uh, they had tons of entrants, and all you had to do was go in and you had to beat battle toads. And the first person to beat it would get the custom system. Nobody won. It's <laughs> <laughs> amazing. Yeah, That's isn't that awesome. crazy? Yeah, I mean, I understand stuff. it though. Oh yeah, after Absolutely. playing like the snake part. It's brutal. You just have to know where the snakes are going to be, and if you don't, you die, and you only have like five lives if you're lucky. Here's a question to pose. Was that intentional or just really bad game design? I think uh, it comes from the arcade era where they just wanted you to put in more quarters. And Did it ever come out? Really hard. Arca- you if you look at arcade games, they're all very repetitive, and it's all about memorization and, and trying to think about what the next step is going to be. Was Battletoads an arcade game at one point? There's Battletoads Arcade, but I think I think it was modeled after those. Modeled the after original that. was, yep. yeah. Um, the, uh, weirdly, the exact opposite of that is Banjo Kazooie Nuts and Bolts, where I probably played for 45 minutes to an hour and never got outside of the tutorial. Oh wow, <laughs> jeez. <laughs> yeah, that all you played on the on the replay, just those two? those two, and just a bit of cameo as well. But oh, okay, yeah. just a little sampling. That all you played? Yep. I played uh, I played a little bit of Rare Replay as well. I played uh, Perfect Dark. I did the the first level on that, nice. and I forgot when you get into the room with the the head honcho, you're not supposed to have a weapon drawn. And yeah. so I got in there. She's like, "What are you doing? I'm calling security." And I was like, "Oh, this part. That's right. Whoops." <laughs> and then the whole building came <laughs> down on me. Uh, but I also played a little RC Pro Am, which I love that game. It's so simple, but it's so fun. And uh, a little bit of um, Blast Core. Which nice that is such a great game, Ugh, so much fun, and then obviously Final Fantasy fourteen. I've been knee deep in that, so it's I'm working my way through Heaven's Ward. I'm level fifty six on my White Mage and uh, just trucking right along. So having fun with that, Brian. Final Fantasy fourteen exclusively. I'm gonna got sucked in. Uh, I'm gonna play it till <clears throat> I get to. Uh, in game, and then I can settle back down. Uh, still need to beat Witcher three. I'm at the very last part of it. I think I've got most of the uh, side quests done. So, yep, most of the side quests. <laughs> it's so you must have. Like, I've dipped about 175 hours into that game. Just FYI, that's pretty crazy. Yes, nice. Yep. Okay. Well, we did get an email. Uh, I'm, I'm not going to read the whole thing because it's it's kind of long. But there's uh, there's some some good points in here that I wanted to bring up. Uh, it's actually from Lightning over at uh, Terran Lightning's RPG Roundup. Nice. Uh, a few episodes we go, ago, we did our top five video game series. Series? 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 Well, she sent over her, her top five uh, video game series as well. And, I I mean, it's very JRPG heavy, just like mine. But there is one in there that I thought was really cool as well. Uh, so her number five is the Xeno series, which is really surprising because she does not like Xeno Gears. Neither one of them do on that show at all. If you've ever listened to them, they do not like that game <laughs> at all. Uh, but but she talked about the Xeno Saga series, which she really, really liked, especially the third game, which honestly, I felt the exact same way. You guys haven't played I played all through, the way through or the first one. one. Yeah, yeah. The third one is is by far and away my favorite. I thought they got better, honestly. And then her number four is the Star Ocean series. And man, till the end of time, you know what? It's just that one part. Every other part of the game is solid. All right, that part's the one twist. That part's solid. Also, you like it. (laughs) Mark likes it for the troll factor. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. Uh, The new one looks phenomenal, though. Looks absolutely amazing. Uh, Her number three is this is the one I thought was cool. The Civilization series. Nice, nice. I she she's really big on uh, Civ Four. 
I played Civ three like crazy. It I you, you used to play Civ three. With I, us, um, a yeah, a little bit. Your I think brother and I, I played the play most it. are two and five. Two and five. Okay. Yeah. Your brother and I played played three a lot when we lived together. But yeah, I mean, I that's such an addicting game when you get into it. And you kind of it doesn't take much to learn. Yeah. But there's so much like depth there that you can keep learning. For you just as play long like as you one play. game for twelve hours. Oh my gosh, at least yeah, it's insane. I I had to save so many times just because I couldn't, and then I would just eventually like forget about it, and then I'd be like, oh my gosh, I saw that yeah. save game on there, and I wouldn't remember what was going on. So, but yeah, great great series there. Number two, Disgaea. I have not played them, but I just bought six titles. <laughs> nice. So I plan to start it eventually. This is very, very JRPG heavy, tactical RPG, yeah. and I've been itching to play a tactical yeah. RPG. I don't so. know a lot of people that have played this, but I don't know anyone that doesn't like it. So right. Anybody that, exactly. It's one of those where I don't know too many people who have played it, but if they have played it, they're in love with it. Yeah. They think it's great. So that's why I'm excited to try it. Because, I mean, from what I understand, there's not, you know, if you're a JRPG fan, which, hello, uh, <laughs> you're going you're gonna to find something to love there. So, And then uh, number one, Final Fantasy. Solid. Can't argue with that. Yeah. yeah. Boom. It's pretty fantastic. So, uh, yeah, thank you very much, Lightning, for the uh, for the email. And honestly, I, I really I want to give them a, I know we've done it several times on the show, but I really want to give them another big shout out, specifically because I know that our show has, like, not become as story focused as we would have liked it to be, uh, that we like how we advertised in the beginning. We've kind of drifted a little bit from that. Like we're kind of just encompassing gaming all over right. at this point. Yeah. Um, they they have honestly stayed true to their original nature and and what they what they do from the beginning. They go through games in depth and uh, and and give you just every aspect, uh, every nook and cranny of those games. It's really really good to listen to. And if you have not given them a shot, please please go over there. Uh, Terran Lightning's RPG Roundup. Mm-hmm. So, okay. If you would like to email us, and I mean, that's how easy it is. You just shoot us your top five list. We'll read it on the air, and uh, we'll talk about it a little bit. Please do. Our email address is frozennorthpodcast at gmail.com. Our website is fngaming.net. Our Facebook is facebook.com slash thefrozennorth. Our Twitter is at fnpodcast. Mark promises that uh, he will keep that a little more up to date than he has been. Our blog is frozennorthpodcast.blogspot.com, and we're on iTunes, where please, please, please rate us on there. Just go up there, throw us a rating. Even if you don't listen on iTunes, if you just go on there, just throw a quick review on there so other people can see us, we would greatly appreciate it. For every review you leave on there, Mark will tweet 30 times. 12 times. 30 times. You don't have to do it right in succession. Deal. Okay. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) News! Hey guys, the news here. <laughs> well, hey anyway, guys, the news, the news here. is here. Um, all right. Hey guys, uh, how doing? We got a fir- the first one is a huge, huge article. Big drop bomb on here. Uh, the first expansion for City Skylines is announced. Yes, yeah, right. <laughs> oh, yes. Oh, so that's that's announced. You didn't um, say what it was called. No, I don't really care. Uh, Nothing, yes, my next did. bullet point. Uh, oh, hold on oh, there. Whoa. This new expansion introduces a day night cycle <laughs> to the series. It also introduces specialized property types like you can now zone things as luxury beachside property to increase the property value no longer does everything get treated as as the same type of property uh so it's really cool you didn't didn't say the title either i think it's like (laughs) 
Nightfall or something. <laughs> you don't even know. It's after dark. It's after dark. Um, my next bullet point here, Mark, all it says is nothing really to say here. It's a city planning game. I just said a lot, though. <laughs> well, I know. <laughs> uh, on to actual announcements of video games. Uh, World of Warcraft, uh, ex- they gave more details to their next expansion, which is called Ugh. Legion. For all of you that are big WoW fans, it uh, looks like you're going to get a new class, a Demon Hunter. Uh, they've got uh, a reworked Call of Duty-esque PvP system they're going to be dropping. Uh, level cap, obviously, 110. Artifact weapons. And then uh, they didn't re- announce a release date, as is tradition with Blizzard. Uh, they are a company who will release it when it's ready, and I'm sure they'll be dropping that soon. Uh, but uh, I saw a few of the videos, um, and while I've kind of put WoW behind me, uh, there are some interesting changes going to be made and obviously you're gonna get to go toe-to-toe with the burning legion because they're back melee hunters man melee hunters that old wing clip changing change survival to uh, yep. melee spec if you play wow you know what i'm talking about yeah uh you can head over to game informer that's where i uh, read the article and they have all, all the details that blizzard laid out uh for their expansion and then uh some square enix news they hint pretty strongly uh, but didn't guarantee necessarily that Final Fantasy 15 is going to be a 2016 uh, release. Most likely, based on Tabata's basically conversation he had, it sounds like we're going to get it late 2016. Uh, based on the fact that he was talking about that he would be highly, highly, highly surprised and disappointed if it slipped into 17 uh, 2017. It's only 65% done. Yeah. But based on the demo, based on the demo, I mean, honestly, that's fantastic because the demo already looked amazing. Yeah, but 2006 is when it was announced. So I, I realize <laughs> I still I still adhere to the uh, the mentality of just release it when you're ready, when you know it's going to stand up on its own. Um, Batman Arkham Knight really made it apparent that if you don't have a good so product. So you would wait till like 2024? I would rather them come out with a game that's done and doesn't have any issues, then rush a release. Uh, I would obviously not like it to be 2024. There's a difference between reasonable amount of time and rushing. I, I realize that, but if you if you were to say, okay, Brian, you have two choices. It's going to be kind of a buggy, uh, messed up game, but we'll get it out to you a couple years sooner. I'd just be like, all right, you know what? Wait on it. But that's just me. I know a lot of people want it now. But it does sound like 2016 is the target goal, so that's exciting. Uh, about a year and a half away, and we romping through the land i know i'm excited mark yay city skyline 2016 yeah. <laughs> it'll be it'll be christmas if anything yeah and then another blizzard uh announcement legacy of the void will release this year so we're looking probably at a uh fall and or early winter release brush up so brush up on the old campaigns guys get through those stories and re- relive it because uh the final chapter is Upon us, uh, again, as in Blizzard, as is Blizzard tradition, no actual release date announced. They just confirmed that it will be 2015. So uh, we'll be probably getting that news here soon, hopefully. And then more of a strange news: Destiny Dev dropped Peter Dinklage for Nolan North. Oh yeah, I saw that. They re-recorded yeah. all his lines. Yeah. So there, there was a lot of, I guess, criticism over Peter Dinklage's. Uh, performance. I thought it was fine. Of the go- a lot of people I did. Agree. It was very controversial. A lot of people liked it. A lot of people hated it. Um, with the new expansion, they didn't re-sign Peter Dinklage, obviously, to do the voice of Ghost, so they hired Nolan North. 
And according to Bungie, they want to keep the keep it consistent. So they said, well, we're going to go back and re-record the older lines so that we, we maintain the voice. So, you know, tinfoil hat theories, obviously, or they did this on purpose and, you know, but it's yeah. a weird. It's weird. I've never actually have we ever had this happen where a character gets redubbed after he's already recorded it in a game. Mm, I'm sure we have. Really? Well, not, 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 as not as big high profile. of something like this, yeah. Maybe not because, I mean, this is kind of a unique, oh, we're going to now. Dragon Ball uh, Z. They went back and redid all the old episodes. Oh, well, that's, I thought we were talking about games. Game, games. Well, I'm just saying it's happened before. Well, right, I was right. thinking because Destiny is this product where it like exists and keeps getting new expansions right. and keeps on living. Whereas with most games, it's just here's the next entry in the series. Sure. So they're not going to like go back and retroactively yeah. change and Bungie wanted to be clear they didn't fire Peter Dinklage or anything. They just want to keep the uh, voice consistent, which, I mean, you know, that's a valid reason. They but... seem to be hinting at, like, they said it wasn't because of any complaints, so maybe it's because Nolan North is just cheaper. Because... That's probably true, to be honest with you. Yeah. Uh, even though he's a big name in the video game um, voiceover world. But he's not he's Game not... of Thrones, Correct. Peter Dinklage. Yeah. Uh, and then, so Phil Spencer, he's the head of uh, Xbox One, you know, the gaming side of you know microsoft they he talked uh at length about third-party exclusives so i think jj and i had this conversation in the car i can name six playstation exclusives that are world world beaters meaning they're absolutely fantastic um wonderful properties system sellers for sony i can only name three two mostly but three if you add fable i don't really consider fable to be a world beater but I think what he's doing is he's trying to focus Xbox back on creating good first-party content and kind of pulling away from buying up third-party properties. Uh, the whole Tomb Raider debacle comes to mind where a lot of backlash for gobbling that up for a year, um, a lot of anger towards them. And I think he realized that they need to bolster their library of first-party support rather than look to buy third-party support. Absolutely. I think it's a fantastic decision. I know yep. JJ agrees. Uh, we talked about it at length in the car. It's not, and it, just to be clear, they're not saying no more third party. Right. They're just, if Sony says, hey, we're going to pay X amount to get this third party exclusive, there's going to be much less of a chance for Microsoft to say like, all right, well, we'll counter offer them right. with something. Yeah. They're just most likely going to be like, all right, you know what? We'll just focus on what we're good at. And I think that's a great idea. Um, mo- mo- mainly because I've been a Sony guy since as long as I can remember, but at the same time, the Xbox exclusives stand out to me more. Mm-hmm. Like, I couldn't tell you any exclusives that I have played that I would buy the system for on any Sony console, uh, other than you know when I when I the Final Fantasy games were exclusive to the PS One and PS Two and stuff, uh, and that was just me personally. But Halo has been yeah. that title, you know that 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 carried an entire console, you know, three cycles now. Yeah. So, I mean, it's like they are strong with their first party, and I think them focusing on that and, and keeping their strengths uh, in perspective is, is a really good move. It's a good business strategy, too, because they can take that capital that they would be bidding for the third-party support and, and taking it and putting it into developing you know new IPs, right. building why, studios Why pay someone up. else to make a game Absolutely. and have them walk away to someone else later on when That's, you could just own the whole Yep. That's the whole farm. Exactly. And they, they, like you just said, we might see some new IPs come out of this. Which is the best so. best news we could have had. So that that's a that was a really good uh um 
thing for Phil Spencer. He's been kind of he's been kind of kicking butt lately. I'll, I'll agree. He's a smart yeah. smart yeah. guy. Mm-hmm. He is smart guy. All right, guys, that's your news for uh, this day in 2015. Uh, appreciate you, y'all. I'm There's also a bunch of new trailers and stuff up uh, that came out of Gamescom, so go check that out. Go yeah. check out the uh, Final Fantasy 15 trailer with Marlboro. Oh, yeah. That Woo! Cool. Talk about a world beater. Uh, 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 uh. Halo Wars 2. Yeah, Halo, Halo Wars, Wars 2. That's the news. Yeah. That's our news. That's news. But yeah, enjoy your news, guys. Uh, We'll have some more morsels for you next next episode. I'm trying to get a good like catchphrase, but it's not working. Like next, I don't know. I don't know. We'll figure it out. Will we? We don't need to. That's That's news from Brian. I don't know. We'll figure it out. If you guys have any really good like news catchphrases, send them to JJ and he'll tell me. I'm not going to do a voice though. No, but he'll be like Brian, say (laughs) say this in that voice, and I'll do it. All right. We're doing a Beyond the Game segment. Uh, we have talked about silent protagonists in games before. I believe one of our first episodes was a top five silent protagonists. But I don't think we've ever, ever really like gone in depth about talking about you know what the point of them is. You know whether we prefer them or not. Why a, a, a game would choose to have them, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So, Mark, why don't you tell us what what is a silent protagonist? <clears throat> Hold on. Glad I picked you. <laughs> Good timing. A silent protagonist is a protagonist. A protagonist is like the main character in a story. Now, add silent to that, and you get a silent protagonist. Holy moly. <laughs> you see, the ancient Romans yeah. first started... Oh, my God. Silent protagonist is the main character and doesn't, doesn't talk. Essentially, that's what it boils down to, yeah. It's basically a your main character, you're controlling him... All the characters around you talk, and it's kind of in most situations where your guy will just be sitting there just blank and lifeless. Yeah. Somebody else will come over to you and say, like, hey, I think we need to go rescue this, you know, little dog from a cave. Uh, he's being attacked by monsters. Should we go? And then there will be just a pause, and then all of a sudden the other character will say, I knew you'd agree with me. Let's go yeah. do this. And then you nod. Thanks, Chrono. I can always rely on you to cheer me up. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Which, that's one thing I always thought was weird when people say Chrono's such a great character. It's like, Chrono stands there. Yeah. But, and I know because that'll probably get me some flack, I understand that the way others react off of him does build his character and tells you blah, blah, blah. I get it. I get it. I get it. I get it. (laughs) It is interesting. Like, can we just dive right in? Yeah, uh, it, it is interesting that there's like two different ways that you can approach it. Mm-hmm. One, you have like the the Half Life Half Life Two approach where Gordon Freeman doesn't talk. You're not going to hear him talk. People will actually reference the fact that he doesn't talk, etc. And that's just how it works. And then you've got so, sort of the JRPG approach, which is we're implying that he's talking. You're just not hearing it. Yeah, yeah. So, and I mean, well, there's several different ways you can do it because the well, this would fall under that, what you just said. Yeah. Like when you, he doesn't outright say anything, but like say like a an option comes on the screen saying like, yes, we should go there or no, we shouldn't go there. Exactly. You choose one. Your character is technically saying that. Yeah. So I, I think that way um, can work really well, but you do have to be careful because sometimes it just gets awkward. It's like, what, what did he say? Right. She's reacting. What did he say? Yeah. But, 
But when it's done right, and oftentimes it is, you can see it in most of Chrono Trigger and also yeah, Legend of Zelda. Yeah, yeah. and I think uh, it started out. It, it's trickier writing for a silent protagonist too, because you have to make sure your um, supporting cast is on point. Because you know you have a silent protagonist and your starting cast is blah. It's just like you know you, you're looking at them like okay. Yeah. But I think uh, it started out as a, a memory issue. Um, I'm pretty sure like the old RPGs where your character didn't say anything. Uh, but all the characters around you did. Um, you didn't. They didn't want to add the the lines, the tons of lines of dialogue you'd have to have as a character because you're going to be with your character the whole game, right? So, really, he should have a ton of dialogue. Look, look at Master uh, or Commander Shepard. You know, he does right. the talking. He has tons of lines. He has the most lines out of anybody in the game, uh, and that's how what would happen with most, most main protagonists. So back then, they had to save that dialogue for the world around them, uh, all the townspeople. So I think it was started out as a necessity, but it became an art form, like you said, Gordon Freeman in Half Life. They could have definitely given him lines. That at that point, the technology was good enough to. But it says something about the writing to make a character like Chrono a great character without him ever having to say anything. It has to do with the writing you put around him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I mean, people will tell you that they do this because they want you to feel like you're in the shoes of that character. They want you to identify with the character Yeah. and feel like you're in that world. And I agree. I think that's definitely where people come from now when they do it. Yeah. But back in the day, it's like, okay, gaming coming out of uh, arcades – I'm thinking specifically of like uh, Battletoads because I have that fresh in my mind. <laughs> You're you are the Battletoads. The mm-hmm. Battletoads don't talk, right? It's not because oh they're silent protagonists. It's just they don't talk. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and you get the exposition from some guy up in the spaceship talking down to you or whatever. That's a good point. Yeah. And I don't, I don't think it started from not wanting to save space. I would imagine uh, it probably started from like. How can we get people to relate to the characters most likely? And in a way, you're kind of like, I think they had the mindset that your thoughts, what, what's going through your mind as you're experiencing the world, are what your character's thoughts are. I could see that, especially RPGs coming from tabletop RPGs. Right, exactly. Obviously, you're not being told what to say. You're saying it as your character. So they don't want, obviously, to put words in your character's mouth in these RPGs. Uh, they right. want you to you know, organically yeah. respond. This to- was before gaming was really highly cinematic. Yes. So yep. it probably would have been weird and jarring back then at that point yeah. if it's just suddenly the main character has this giant script that he's reading out. Right. Final Fantasy fourteen does it in a in a kind of an odd way. Like, your character flat out talks to the others. Nothing just ever comes out of his mouth. Right. Like, he'll make the motions with his mouth and he'll move his hand around and stuff like he's talking. You just won't hear anything. Right. Or you'll pick a dialogue option or something like that. I, I'm not sure how I feel about it, to be honest with you. It's weird. Yeah, I feel like if you're going to have a silent protagonist, make him a silent protagonist. Don't show that he's talking. I just can't hear him. Yeah, go all the way with like, it. What? But I get why they couldn't put war, like lines oh, in. Oh, yeah, absolutely, because yeah. everybody's going to sound different. Yep. Uh, so I, I, don't, I don't know. Yep. But uh, And it's not a, not a game breaker. It's not no, going to kill it for me. But like Legend of Zelda, good example. Great example. I never thought Link was a great character. It's not like, and it's probably because the Zelda isn't exactly super story focused, right? Uh, so there's really not a lot of interaction from the stuff around him. It's more or less just like, we should go to the temple, and then you go to the temple, and that's about it. But like, you know, other games will have full on conversations with the silent protagonist. You know, other people are probably in the room and they're all talking and stuff and whatever and stuff like that. And he's obviously not mute because he goes, "Wow, wow!" Right? Yeah. So. 
so it's I don't know I I've never ever been a fan of the way that uh, I think that's one of the reasons I've never really cared about the story in Zelda is because I just didn't care about the characters. Okay. Um, I it's always been just a big gameplay and puzzle thing for me. So, well, what about uh, do you guys prefer having that or no? Uh, that's got its merits, obviously. Uh, but if you had to ask me. I'm just going to take my favorite series of all time. Uh, at least I hope that's what I put on my first spot. You don't, don't call me ever. Uh, obviously. Don't mm-hmm. even look it up. Don't look it up, dude. You put Suikoden <laughs> as number one. Um, Come on. Probably. Yeah. Uh, but no, if, I, if you're asking me what main character I prefer out of the entire series, it's going to be the three main characters from Suikoden 3. Right. Just keep talking. I looked it up. Don't look it up. I just did. Don't. Do you want to know? No. You don't want to know? I don't know, man. It's one of my favorites. How do you not know what your top five is? I I know it's in my top five. Like, if it was something from, like, four years ago, or two, well, not four, because we haven't been doing it that long, but from, like, a year and a half ago, I can understand you not remembering your top five, but two weeks ago? Oh, <laughs> I forgot that we did this two weeks ago. <laughs> yeah. It was sweet, and you're good. Yeah, good job. Whew. It was your number one. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm not editing any of this out, so I people mean, are still going to no, know you had no idea. I doubt myself. I, I, I don't see myself as infallible, so. It's fine. That's all right. But yeah, it does. It does have a sound of protagonist, and they do it beautifully. Mm-hmm. But but yeah, I, I don't think the uh, the main characters of Suicoden one and two are great, and I really enjoy them. But Chris and Hugo mm-hmm. and Ghetto are way more interesting characters. <laughs> I want to make sure that everybody knows it's Ghetto with a with a D, Ged- no, not a ghetto. T, because it sounded ghetto. like you said Ghetto. <laughs> ghetto, Gecko. And I, there, I'm just going to throw this name out there. He may or may not be in the game, but Thomas as well. Yeah, you, you know, play it. You'll find out. <laughs> yeah. If you like dying in a field a bunch of times until you can finally get to level two. Oh my gosh, I remember that. Yeah, old Thomas. Anything else? You, know, all... you don't. You don't prefer. I mean, no. Like... I I think I prefer uh, a spoken protagonist. Yeah, yeah I agree. But it's not a deal breaker. I mean, I I would be the same. I I think you need both. You can't. I would hate if gaming was like we're always going to make silent protagonists because that. <laughs> I thought you meant both in the same game. I was like, how does that? No, work? no, no, no. <laughs> you you, need, you need both types of games. <laughs> Obviously, my favorite series is the is Mass Effect or the trilogy is Mass Effect trilogy. Commander Shepard has buckets of lines, right? I don't think he would have done well with a as a silent protagonist. There has to be the game right. has to be written a certain way because he's a commander of an air. He, you can't be a commander. I'd say the same thing about uh, Gordon Freeman, too. He's a scientist. You can't be a mute scientist, but... Sweet it in one, too. Yeah. So there are games where silent protagonists are perfect. And then there are games where if you like take a game that, you ha- that has a lot of voice acting and then plug in a silent protagonist, and you're like... Right. How does that work? So I think I prefer voice acted, but I, I do love a, a silent protagonist game. But I know what I'm getting into. A silent protagonist, okay. I know what kind of game this is going to be. It's going to be more of a you know long methodical trek with a lot of int- I find that silent protagonist games have a lot of more intrigue. Um, I guess that's this just a reach because I guess Mass Effect had tons, but there's a lot more mystery to your character with silent protagonist games, right? Like I kind of knew, and that, I think that's the the point. Like right. JJ said earlier, is now you're filling in that personality with yourself. With yourself, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. I but I, I think it works if you have less story. It works. On the other hand, can you imagine like? A Zelda movie or a Half Life movie? What are they going to do? Excuse yeah. me, princess. Oh my god, I'd watch that. <laughs> Everyone in the world would be furious, but I'd love it. No, they just come up. They come up. Link, 
We've got to go. All right. All right. That's enough of that. Uh, yay. Uh, but, you, no, I, yeah, I'm, I would prefer it wasn't in there, but I certainly see the merit in some of the games. Honestly, like, I, I, I said that about Chrono in Chrono Trigger, but Chrono Trigger's, I mean, it's one of my favorite games of all yeah. time. It's phenomenal. And I think if they can do it that way, where, yes, it's a silent protagonist, but you don't really even notice. Like, because, I, I mean, I knew that he wasn't talking, obviously, but at the same time, it just... It just really didn't matter, and I could tell everything that was going on because of everything else. All the other cogs and wheels were still turning. So, I don't know if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I just really, really thought it was just well done. But Zelda, I I couldn't care less about the story because there's barely anything there. So, yeah. it's like, silent protagonist or not, I'm like, yeah, whatever. I'm just going to be this dude with a sword going out and fighting stuff. Right. And that's how I've always looked at it. Anybody have anything else to add on the, the matter? Nope. <laughs> you always do that. Like you're gonna say something, Mark. You shit. You ruined it. We were gonna be silent. Damn it. He ruins everything. It's all right. Oh, I'll forgive you. Okay. All right. Top five. Top Mark, five. Mark, what are we doing uh, for top five this week? Today we are covering our top five console launch titles. Yay! What does that mean? That means what are our favorite games that came out right when a console came out? Launch window. Correct. <clears throat> So, we have any honorable mentions that weren't on the list? Um, yes. I couldn't think of any, to Duck be Duck Hunt. Uh, I want to put that on there. I didn't see it on any of your lists. Yeah, sure. Uh, I actually preferred Duck Hunt over Super Mario Brothers Sweat when it came out in the two-pack. Uh, but I cheated all the time with that game because I hated that dog laughing at so me. You so. sit up really close to oh, the Oh, right on the TV. Yeah. Yep. Oh, but Project Gotham Racing. Just kidding. <laughs> Ridge Racer? <laughs> that too, but also just kidding. <laughs> Oh man, uh, Duck- I you know what I miss demo discs, like how PlayStation used to do. Yeah, I had that those were always cool. eight games on a demo disc. Yeah, like and it would just like give yeah, one or two levels or something. Yeah, just like play that, a random level from fun. the first Tomb Raider. Yeah, exactly. Yep, I liked it. Uh, okay, let's get into the top five then. Here we go. My number five is going to get me some flack. <laughs> I would imagine, definitely not a story focused game, hundred percent, but. It put the Wii on the map, and that is Wii Sports. I was going to put that on my list, but I R- thought you'd yell really, at me. Really, we should just be saying Wii <laughs> no. Bowling, because that's what everybody... I played Wii Absolutely. Bowling so much. I, I played baseball, too, quite gotcha. a bit. I, I played it at Mark's uh, Mark's house the first time I ever played a Wii, and I was I had no interest in getting the Wii at first, because I was like, motion controls just seem kind of weird to me. I don't know why. I just want to be able to sit back and, and yep. play. And then I played baseball, and I remember like kind of going and you know, taking my stance as the batter, and moving the controller around, and the bat was following my movements, and I thought that thing was so cool. Yeah. And then, I mean, once I started playing bowling, I was like, all right, I got I to gotta own this thing. Yeah. Now, I'm not saying that in some ways this was bad for Nintendo because it gave them a big head, and they thought they were doing everything right with the Wii because they sold so many consoles uh, and then tried to mimic that with the Wii U, and it did not work out for them. Yes. But the fact is... They still did sell tons of consoles because of Wii Sports, because of bowling, uh, because people played it. They got hooked, and they loved just that that virtual feeling of being able to actually do the mo- movements while still playing a video game. And how many people did we know? I know a lot personally who aren't gamers in the oh yeah in the exactly. least that literally just bought the Wii to have a party game at yeah. the house. Exactly. Yeah, people bought this thing up. They they saw the the way 
motion controlling could work in a game like Wii Sports, and they thought it was a fantastic idea and started yep. buying it up. Do you remember the news stories that were coming out like a year after the Wii came oh, out? Oh, yeah. It's like, oh, these retirement homes are buying Wii's yep. so that the, the elderly people can play it, and yep. the schools are going to buy them so the kids who don't aren't really active are going to play the Wii to lose weight or whatever. Definitely. Like, I don't. I doubt that actually worked as well as I hoped, but it did move a lot of consoles. And you'll see, I mean, you'll see from my list that most of the games on here are not necessarily because they're they're my favorite games that came out at launch. Because honestly, yeah. a lot of stuff that comes out at launch is crap. It really is, at right. least from what I can tell and for me, because JRPGs usually take longer to make, so they're not typically launch titles. But I I don't know, man. It's 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 I love promoting the industry so much that when I see something like this that comes along that just skyrockets it, I think that's just so cool. Definitely. So that's my number five, Wii Sports. Mark? My number five. <laughs> Every time. Goodness. Every time. My number five is Super Mario 64, but it appears on some other lists later on, so I will wait until then. All right. Brian, number five. My number five is Soul Calibur for the Sega Dreamcast. I didn't normally like fighting games, but Soul Calibur had that robust story to it. Cutscenes. Yeah. Uh, and it was gorgeous when it first came out. Woo! Yeah, that's about it. Speaking of Wii U, that was my <laughs> was Wii that? U. Yeah, that was the an update. <laughs> Brian, I agree. Uh, I didn't play the first one, but I played the second one and the third one. I thought yep. they were fantastic games. Really yep. sucked me into the Your brother really liked Soul Calibur 2. I remember yeah, him playing he that like crazy. But uh, yeah, we got a Dreamcast. I Gosh, I can't remember. I, we, I think we got one right when it launched, but I remember having Soul Calibur. Um, I, and then I think we bought Code Veronica down the line, but that wasn't a launch title. But yeah, yeah, the definitely... Soul Calibur was a was a fantastic launch title for that system. Um, too bad it didn't uh, pan out for Sega, but they had some pretty decent launch titles with that Dreamcast. All right, cool. Number four, Brian and I have the same number four. Actually, we do have the same number four. Yep, and that is nice. Super Mario World for the Super Nintendo. Oh, that yo system. That yo. Sorry, I didn't mean to talk over you. Oh, you're but, good. Yeah, Super Entertainment. System. Super Entertainment System. The Cess. The Cess. <laughs> Uh, Super Nintendo Entertainment System, that Yoshi, right? Yeah, I mean, this game just... Coming off of Super Mario Bros. 3, mm-hmm. first of all, that was going to be like, all right, how can they top this? Right. And then they did. Yeah, it had the same kind of structure as uh, Super Mario 3 where you kind of moved through the world mm-hmm. uh, level by level, but had all the secret hidden places where you like unlocked the the, the colored blocks. Absolutely. And, yeah, it was just... Woo. And the fact that you could ride a freaking dinosaur... Oh yeah, and, and fly on him, and you can discover things like eating certain enemies would give you like different like colored Yoshi's. And yeah, different, yeah, it was crazy. There was so much to it, and it was, it was just Super Nintendo, and it yeah. just came out right at the beginning. I and you'll see from my list because it's four out of the five titles. Spoilers are Nintendo titles. Mm-hmm. I I mean, dude, Super Mario World when it came out, that was the whole reason I wanted to buy a Super Nintendo. I think Mario games are kind of the gold standard of launch titles if you think about all the. I don't know about now, but not as now. far as as far as the like, 90s. beginning of game gaming, yeah, absolutely, yep. for sure. Yep. So that would be our number four, number Super four. Mario World. Mark number four. My number four is Condemned Criminal Origins. Uh, this is from Monolith Entertainment, not Monolith Soft. Uh, sorry, that's a Japanese developer. Uh, so yeah, it's from Monolith uh, Entertainment, and they they they're the guys who made Fear. 
Fear 2, Shogo, Mobile Armor Division. Mm-hmm. So I have a lot of these games that I've talked about in the past, and I love them. And I think I've talked about this one, too. I, I think I said it was five dead hobos out of five <laughs> yeah. on my fun scale. <laughs> it's just this really cool survival horror game where you play a cop who's sort of become framed for all these murders, and you're going around with paranormal investigating equipment and checking out crime scenes and yep. beating the crap out of homeless people with like lead pipes and whatever you can find in the environment. Nice. It was fantastic, and for the year it came out, there was just nothing like it. Wasn't it terrifying? It was pretty terrifying, yeah, because you'd just be in dark areas, and you could right. hear hom- homeless people around you. Not just the normal homeless people, like the crazy ones. <laughs> True enough. Right, right on. No one likes crazy homeless people. Yeah, that's... Wow. It, oh, you'd get guns, too, and but you'd have, like, three bullets. So and you, had you to would conserve. have to wait, like, 30 minutes to so get another gun. Was it survival horror, first-person shooter type thing? Yeah, but gotcha. it had a heavy emphasis on action, so gotcha. it wasn't like it wasn't as intense as some in that sense. Understandable. Okay. Number three, my number three is Super Mario sixty four, but it shows up later on someone else's list, so we'll talk about it then. My number three, The Legend of Zelda: Twilight Princess. Is my number? Th- <laughs> Sorry, I had to check. Wow. I see if it was on anyone else's list. That's that's that was classic. It's not on anyone else's list. I'm it's actually kind of shocked because we don't. I guess really you guys tried to call it, me out on yeah, it. We don't really so look at it as a launch title. I played it on. the It's game. a launch title. It's because I played it on the GameCube. I, that's why I was convinced it was a GameCube uh, in in cycle. Game. I mean, <laughs> it did come internally, first on the right? Internally, I'm sure it was designed for the GameCube. And it was supposed to be a GameCube title, mm-hmm. and they just held it back and released it on the Wii first as an excuse. Ooh, to is that, a, is that an consoles. omen for the Zelda coming out for the Wii U? Probably. Dun, 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 Probably. Dun, dun, dun. I wouldn't be surprised if they did a multi-launch like that. Yeah, I wouldn't either. But yeah, they basically what happened was uh, in a lot of regions, it came out to the Wii like a week or two before it came out on the GameCube, just to force people who can't wait to buy the buy new the console. Yeah. But it was a fantastic game, I think. It really defined the Wii for a lot of people. I mean, before that, it was, what, Wind Waker? So we were coming off of this really cutesy uh, GameCube Zelda and yep. coming back to the classic Dark Zelda that a lot of people fell in love with. Yeah. Had and the same kind of N64 feel. It was, yeah, it was very grown up compared to uh, Wind Waker. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I mean, I bet you've played it. It's just a really good game. So there you have it. All right. Nice. March number three, Twilight Princess. Brian, number three, sir. My number three is Star Wars Rogue Leader, Rogue Squadron 2 for the Nintendo GameCube. I uh, loved the Rogue Squadron games. You got to play like all the famous battles uh, with different ships through the Star Wars universe. Now, you guys all know I'm not the biggest Star Wars fan, but do you guys remember Action Fleet, the toy line that came out? I do. My friend Dave and I collected action fleet and we would have what we called action fleet battles where we would basically take our you know ships and we'd fly around and we'd you know as kids would do uh make make pretend play pretend make make believe make believe thank you (laughs) this basically this basically was a game that was basically right hey this they made a game for the game we like to play in real life and oh man did you guys ever play any of the rogue squadron i played the first one holy moly i I would find any excuse to go over to my neighbor's house just to play that game yeah uh and it was a launch title for that gamecube too and man that's a it was polished i'll tell you that right now 
Loved well, it. That's what was so good about gaming back then is like they couldn't developers couldn't rely on patches. Correct. So they, and, they didn't use it as a crutch. You know, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. They could just release a game when it was finished. Yeah. They had to. Had Otherwise, to you know, they'd get a bad reputation. Now it's like they get a bad reputation, but they fix it and it's like, all right, we forgive you. <laughs> we'll get and a patch. Like, oh, okay. I, and I think the love for the Rogue Squadron games and the and the it's weird because I'm not a huge Star Wars fan, but I loved the ships and space battles. I played before I ever watched any of the movies. I played was it Tie Fighter? I think it was either X Wing or Tie Fighter on the on the computer before I'd ever watched the movies, and so I fell in love with the space and the the airships more than, than I ever did the you know characters in the movies. So you know, obviously Rogue yeah. Squadron was right out my that alley. was really cool. Uh, weirdly enough, the first Rogue Squadron came out before. Uh, episode one, but it had the Naboo fighter in it. That came out for the N64, yeah? Yep. Yep. It was a that, little yeah. hidden thing you could find. That's right. Cool. All right, number two. Mark, you and I have the same number two, and that is Halo Combat Evolved, but it shows later on somebody else's list. So we'll talk about it then. Brian. Brian, number two. Guys, let's talk about uh, my number two, which is Super Mario 64, which is uh, Mark, that's your number five, and JJ, that's your number oh, yeah. uh, three. three. Yep. So, Mario 64. Still, hands down, my favorite Mario game. I remember playing this game for the first time at a Best Buy and not knowing how to do anything. On yeah, it man, it was. That's what happened. It was like one yeah. of the first 3D games any of us ever played. Yeah, I remember it was. It's, I mean, it was at Best Buy. I go in there, and there was a Dreamcast set up with Nights into Dreams. I tried playing that, and I freaking loved it. And I was like, dude, I'm going Sega this gen. Absolutely. Yeah. And then I went to go try the Nintendo 64 one. And it locked down my decision to go Sega. So <laughs> I'm sitting there, <laughs> and I'm like- playing it. And because I had my... If anybody's ever played the Nintendo 64, you know that the way you control most games, especially in Mario, was with the control stick at the bottom of the controller. Yep. I didn't know what that was for. So I was going old school, and I was trying to use the crosshairs. And all that does is change your camera angles. So I'm like, Mario, move, damn it. And I could just make him jump. And that was it. Because I was pushing A and everything like that. And I was like, this is the stupidest thing <laughs> I've ever seen. Go and Sega. Because so, Nights in the Dreams is amazing. I remember I was furious when what? I saw that N64 controller for the first time. I went over to my neighbor's house and played a little bit of Mario 64. And also, this wasn't during launch. But it was later on. But uh, And also some GoldenEye. And I was just like, what the... I, I don't think, have three hands. I think what I, is the point of this thing? Yeah, right. I think everybody had that shell shock value with 64. It wasn't the first 3D game. No, but for a lot of us, but, it was the first one we experienced. Because right, the first 3D game I ever played was uh, Metal Gear Solid on the PlayStation. I think that came out after. Did it? Because, yeah, but I still, sure. the, I still used the D-pad for, for moving Snake around because it wasn't like a, a camera swinging 3D world. Like Because like, I remember Mario 64, I was so lost on how to, okay, I got to control my character, but then I got to swing the camera at the same time, and you were just like, yeah, it was like terrible, uh, patting your head and rubbing your belly. At yes, the same it time. was one of those moments where you'd look back at modern gaming, um, and you're like, yeah, three D so easy now. But man, I still remember trying to figure out Mario sixty four and being like, I yep. don't know how to do this, but still remains uh, one of the one of the greater greater atmospheres. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the only the only way that I actually eventually figured out, yeah, Metal Gear Solid came out two years two later. years later. Yeah, I don't remember playing Metal Gear Solid like with the, the joysticks though I always use the D-pad I remember Mario 64 was the first game that made me actually have to my my cousin eventually got the N64 and I had already, I had my PlayStation because I had Final Fantasy 7 and uh, I, I mean I didn't even get a 64 until years down the, sure. down the line 
but he had it, and I was like, dude, I remember playing that stupid thing in Best Buy. The controls are terrible. He's like, what are you talking about? It's super easy. And I'm like, no, no, because I played it. I couldn't do anything. Mario was dumb, and he just stood there, and he jumped in place. That was all I could do, and I could just switch around his face. Yeah. It was dumb. And he's like, here, watch. And I watched him play. I was like, how are you moving him? Yeah. What? And, yeah. I, and he goes, you use this down here. And I'm like, holy crap. And he showed me how to hold the controller. Wow. And I mean, I was hooked right off the bat. And I was like, this is one of the greatest so, games I've ever played. 1996 is when N64 dropped. Is that right? Yeah. I'm like, man. Yeah, that was right at the cusp of 3D. We just and remember when you got good and you could like backflip with Mario putting on trees and mm-hmm. oh, oh yeah, yeah, the triple jump, the whole famous triple jump. I, Mark was actually recording his show uh, Fool's Lantern. Go check it out on iTunes. Yep. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, and they were making fun of me because I was they record at my apartment because mm-hmm. I've got the studio set up here. But I was in my living room and I was playing Mario 64. I remember Stitch and Shannon were making fun of me because I couldn't get that jump. And I was yeah. like, man, if this was 10 years ago, I'd be doing this in my sleep. It's ridiculous. <laughs> You're on that level with like the sinking ship? Uh, Yeah. And then I did the, uh, one of the snow levels as well. Oh, yeah, that's right. And yeah, it was just. I was getting it's so one frustrated. Of those, it was one of those revolutionary games that kind of drove gaming forward, I think. Mario yeah, 64. Definitely. Absolutely. Yep. All right. Number one, Mark. You and I have the same number one, sir. My number one is <laughs> Super Mario Bros. Yep. Super Mario Brothers. For the uh, original Nintendo Entertainment System. Correct. This, I mean, this is another one of those, like I mentioned before, where what it did for gaming, this put gaming on the map. Yeah. I mean, this is where everybody turned their heads and said, what is that? Definitely. Well, actually, for me, it's it's kind of even stranger. It's like, for me... Because of my Did you age? have to like wait an extra month to no, get no, it? No, 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 no. Hold on. You might find this <laughs> trivial or you might find it interesting. But for me, I'm a little bit younger than you guys. So to me, this game just always existed. As far back as I can remember, I was playing this game. Gotcha. I just go, I'm, I'm going down to the basement to play Super Mario Brothers. Yep. Yeah. My, my uncle bought it for me when I was six. I think 1990 is when I got my first NES. Oh, and, wow. Yeah, yeah, we played it in... Uh, would have been like 85, 86. I, yep. was, I was about two, three years old. Um, I wasn't born yet. <laughs> thanks, jerk. Uh, <laughs> but I... You look back, you look at it now, and if you tell somebody you should play original Mario Brothers, it's so simplistic. And so yes. just, you go to the right, can't go back, watch out for stuff, and beat the dragon, save the princess. That's it. Right. Super simplistic. The turtle dragon. When it came out, though... Nobody had ever seen anything like that. Yeah, and it was true. just it was it just blew everybody away, and the fact that it was so simple and so unbelievably impactful mm-hmm. at the same time is why it's it's my number one as yeah. far as 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 uh, you know best console. Read a funny game fact the other day. Launch uh, the about Super Mario. The first Goomba that you encounter is the deadliest enemy in video game history. Because nobody really knew how to play, so they'd run into him or miss jump, or uh, and he's killed <laughs> I, I more players than any other. I'm, I'm going to confess something as well, and there's like I haven't really told anybody this before, but it's going to like do a huge blow to my gamer cred. I have never beaten Super Mario Brothers one. Really, the princess has always been in another castle for never, you. Never ever. I've gotten to like the final dungeon. I can remember that, but I've never actually. Crossed the line. 
Never finished it. Wow. I think it was harder than Super Mario Brothers 3. Oh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. I'd be three a thousand times over. Yeah. The only way I beat one was years later, and obviously I was older, and I, um, my friend's sister taught me the turtle shell one-up trick on um, one of the steps. And mm-hmm. I got 99 lives, and I was able to plow through the, the rest of it. I think I was 9 or 10 at that point. But Also, let's not forget freaking Warp Zones. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And what game had that, you know, at that time? <laughs> yep. Like, yep. It'd be like, well, you you can play this one of two ways. You can keep going straight and go to World 2, or you can take this Warp Zone warp and go to freaking Warp 4. Yeah. Like, wh- what? Yeah. You know, for the longest time, I didn't even know what the first, you know, three <laughs> zones yeah, looked like. Yeah, you're right. That's so, very true. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's just, that's so cool. So yep. the fact that it, it, it came out at that time and, and had such an impact, and still to this day, people still look at it as one of the greatest things. I mean, they just came out with Mario Maker, and that's based on what they did with this, you know, that many years ago. Uh-huh. Yep. So it's it's pretty damn impressive. So that's my number one and Mark's number one, Super Mario Brothers, the original for the regular Nintendo. And not Brian's. No, no not man. Brian's. Not even on my list. Brian's number one is the same, however, as Mark and I's number two. Pretty sure y'all can guess Halo Combat Evolved. Woo! Yeah. Wow, um, that's a good pick. I mean, what pick, what, what else is to say? It's spawn. I mean, what I, I nicknamed all I nicknamed the new system Halo Box One for a reason. It put Xbox on the map. Oh man, hands down. Yeah. And I, I had the most with this game. I had the most memory gaming memories uh, playing it in college. Uh, going sneaking out at night, uh, having the janitor let us into the class. This is this college will remain unnamed, by the way. Uh, and it, we snuck into the classrooms at like midnight, and they had this was back in two thousand and like four. So they had a network through authors. They didn't have like Google Fiber and stuff back then, so, but they had networked computer classrooms with projectors and a big old uh, projector mat. Solid, and we'd have. Four teams of four, because as you know, you could play eight on eight, each on an Xbox, and we'd go to classrooms throughout the school, get let in, hook up to the network, and play local co-op for till like five in the morning when we had to clear out when the teachers yeah. were coming in. I mean, that's the kind of memories I have playing Halo. That's the... I remember playing Legendary with my roommate. Uh, we used to play at a friend's house after high school every day. Man, I'm sure you guys have similar memories. Yeah, uh, not of Halo 1, gotcha. honestly. I, I mean, again, this is just another one of those for me. Like, Halo 2 is my favorite in the series that I've played so far. But I can it's impossible to ignore what Halo did for the Xbox. Definitely. Like, I asked you guys this before. Like, interesting question. Do you think the Xbox would be success- as successful if Halo had gone to, to Sony? Nope. Not, not even close. I mean, it there's just been, no way. It wouldn't have existed. I think it would have yeah. failed. I, I mean, it would have been Dreamcast all over again. Yeah, I, I think I, there's a good chance that that's true. I'll go ahead and go on a limb and say Halo is the strongest pillar of a title, a first party title since Mario. Yeah, yeah, definitely. When you when you think Xbox, you think Master Chief. Absolutely. Even people who haven't played the game know who Master Chief is. Heck, I have on Windows 10 now. I have a Cortana assistant. Like it's Siri, it's true, that's, and that's came that literally came. Microsoft has now adapted Halo franchise into other things <laughs> that don't have anything to do with games to <laughs> productivity software. Right, that's what I'm saying. Like yeah. that's how big that this first party launch. I ate this game up. Oh yeah, it was the first like really well rounded like advanced FPS that came out to a console. Before that, I was like, oh, 
why would I ever play a con- uh, FPS on a console? I have Half-Life. Yep. Uh, but then that came out, and I just went right into it, and I did... I was a total dork. Like, I, I would just go into levels and just explore... Yeah, what was in the level? I wouldn't. I would just ignore Cortana when she's telling me where to go and just find out what's <laughs> what's under this waterfall. That's such what's a behind mark, all these trees. That's such a mark way to do the it. The funny no. thing is, and I, if you've played the Master Chief Collection now, I wouldn't. I can't even imagine exploring the way it looked in the old yeah. thing because oh my god, oh, have you switched, every single place? Ugly. Looks have you switched the? Mm-hmm. Oh, and you're just like that's you get what, an achievement for doing it every level. Th- this is where I get my my idea for nostalgia being rosy colored glasses i get that with halo because i remember playing the anniversary collection and in my mind halo one was gorgeous halo one looked like absolutely that in your mind. gorgeous yeah. and then you're playing it and you're like oh yeah this is what it looked like and then you hit the button to switch over and you go <laughs> no. you go wait oh wait a minute it looks like it did with the remade not this is what it was and so you get that idea of like wow wait a minute is this star siege tribes <laughs> you're going yeah this is what I was playing. I yep. remember it looking way better. So it's weird. It's weird how that graphic upgrades work because yep. you have that idea of it looking gorgeous because it did back when it came out. It was absolutely. Mark said he went around and explored. Now it looks like a janky mess for sure. Yep. Yeah. All right. Well, there we have it. Our top five launch titles. Heck yeah, man. Launch titles, Good guys. Stuff. Uh, we. I want some more side quests. I want people to send in some side quests, man. If anybody like wants to just, all you have to do is just record yourself saying something doing something whatever and uh send it to me i can edit it if you want me to or you can edit it yourself the way raul has done the way mark has done um and uh or you can like i said i'll edit it the way matt did he just put a whole spiel together and just just let me kind of work with it a little bit honestly it it doesn't need to be award-winning stuff you just say your thoughts whatever you're thinking we love to hear it and we want to hear it that's it yeah we just want to generate some discussion that's all so please please send it in frozen north podcast at gmail.com uh with that i think that is the end of episode number 68 do you guys have anything else all right well nobody's got anything else then i guess we're gonna call it call it what call it done 68 finished we gotta play some more FF14 that's right (laughs) alright with that this is the Frozen North signing off for episode number 68 my name is JJ my name is Mark his name is Mark and my name is Brian and as always thank you for listening keep on gaming Our theme song was made available through the Creative Commons Attribution License by Ziphoid. The song title is Radical Fanfare.